This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hi, Blue Wire listeners. I'm Greg Olson. I'm excited to partner with Blue Wire to bring you TE1, a podcast where I interview the tight ends who have revolutionized the position. Listen in as I have raw, in-depth conversations with the all-time greats like Shannon Sharp, Tony Gonzalez, Travis Kelsey, and George Kittle. We'll explore how the tight end position has changed over the last 60 years and what it takes to be the very best. Subscribe to TE1 from Blue Wire Studios today so you're ready for the August premiere. Hey everybody, it's good old JR Jim Ross, the voice of AEW Wrestling. Yo, this is Flip Gordon. CVV Chris Van Fleet. This is Liam O'Rourke, author of Crazy Like a Fox. TCO, the French-Canadian Frankenstein. Hey, this is your Olympic hero, Kurt Angle, and you're listening to Top Rope Nation. Oh, it's true. It's damn true. We're going to have one hell of a podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, it is no time. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. I finished these fights. Give me a hell yeah! Top Rope Nation. Learn to love it! It's the best thing going today. What's up, everybody? Welcome to a new episode of Two Jabronis with a Wrestling Podcast. And as well as Top Rope Nation. It's a collabo show. It's a, a fatal four-way if you will, uh, I thought it was a tag match earlier, and I was like, that doesn't make any sense. We're not going to actually be fighting each other on this pod. We're all working together. Uh, so we, we've got myself, BJ Cruz, my tag team partner, Jeremy Loss, on the horn. But we've also got the Top Rope Nation guys, our fellow Blue Wire Wrestling brethren, uh, Ryan Drosty, Justin Joint. What's up, guys? Yeah, the uh, the Mega Potters there we combined go. here yeah. on Blue Wire this week, baby. I, uh, you know, it's episode one sixty one of Top Rope Nation. BJ, we were talking about uh, doing maybe a guest spot this weekend or something, and we kind of just decided, you know, why not just kill two birds with one stone and do a joint show? No yeah. pun intended. Justin, <laughs> uh, <laughs> our, our buddy Kyle Ross is off tonight, and so we kind of had an open chair, and we thought, you know, we've been wanting to get Jeremy on our show, anyways. I did a show with Jeremy a while back on the Two Jabronis feed, and uh, BJ, you've been on Top Rope Nation, so we're kind of handling it all here tonight. So good to be with you all to talk a little Wednesday night pro wrestling. Absolutely, and uh, some Wednesday night pro wrestling there was. Um, well, let, let's. Uh... Let's start with with Dynamite because I think um, that was, I guess, of the two shows, in my opinion, just a little bit more interesting. So let's let's go around the horn here. Let's just see kind of everyone's overall thoughts, overall, and we'll kind of go into each match and each segment a little bit, but just kind of overall feelings for how Dynamite went. Let's uh, I'll go I'll go across cross brand. I'll go across shows. So let's start with Justin. What, what were your thoughts on the show? Uh, I was actually pretty disappointed, especially when compared to 
how hot they'd been for like the past month or so. Sure. Uh, it felt like a real down week. Uh, I was trying to flip back and forth between that and NXT, but anytime I flipped to NXT, I was worried I was going to miss something from AEW. <laughs> right. So I'd almost immediately flip back, which, you know, that says something good for AEW. But uh, overall, uh, I thought it was a disappointing, disappointing night. Yeah, I kind of echo that sentiment. It, it just didn't feel like a like a dynamite to me. It just felt like a little, like it almost felt like a dark episode in a way. Like it just didn't have that certain level of excitement and uh, cachet that you get from a dynamite episode, especially with the run they've been on lately. Um, even the war horse war horse segment just kind of fell flat to me. So um, a little disappointed there. A little disappointed with NXT, uh, but NXT has been kind of up and down with me all 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 year. So it's been. I expect a level of, uh, I just, I, I get a level of satisfaction with, with dynamite and tonight I just didn't get it. Yeah, I would agree. I think, uh, I'm always a little more excited to watch AEW the live feed and then I'll go back and watch NXT. I was trying to do the whole two screen experience. You know, I had, uh, on the TV, AEW and I had NXT on my laptop and Mostly, I stayed tuned into AEW throughout the entirety, but I, I just didn't feel that AEW delivered like they have. I mean, we've been raving on Top Rope Nation the last few weeks about uh, the shows AEW has put on. And, I mean, even looking at the card going into tonight, it looked like it was going to be a really solid show. There was stuff people were excited for, uh, but it just felt a little off. I noticed people on social media were really commenting on Excalibur not being on commentary. And uh, JRR was certainly, Jim Ross was certainly off a little bit tonight. I thought <laughs> had some errors live, you know. There, it was a true live show tonight for AEW from Jacksonville. Uh, so overall, I mean, there was some stuff to like, which we're going to get into for sure. But uh, I think it was, it was a step back for a company that's been on a, quite a bit of a roll the last few weeks. Yeah, and I mean, they had a lot of momentum heading into this show. I mean, they killed NXT in the ratings last week, which, uh, I mean, the ratings war has been, I mean, it's it's been actually kind of close the last couple of weeks. Last week was, uh, they, they obviously blew them out of the water. Um, so it was a little bit of a bummer. The, that being said, there were a couple highlights, you know, from the show tonight that we'll get into. Obviously, uh, Matt Cardona has debuted, a.k.a. Zack Ryder, or formerly known as Zack Ryder, I should say. Um, and... Uh, I thought the MJF Moxley feud that that they are you know setting up uh, for is is pretty exciting. So yeah, overall Dynamite kind of it didn't lay an egg, but it was a little bit more disappointing than than I thought it would be. Just kind of with everything that was was going into it. So with all that, let's 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 hop into it. So Warhorse, uh, you guys, yeah, it happened. <laughs> the entrance, right? Yeah, it was he got uh, pyro. That was crazy to me. Like he got a full on, like he got a full on entrance from AEW, even though he's a, an indie star. It was it was great to see that they at least like invested in that side of. The do you, yeah. Do you think that was more like when they asked him what he wanted for his intro? He like jokingly said pyro, and they're like, "Sure, yeah, we got it." And then yeah, all of a sudden, right he had to pyro. check Mr. Khan, right? Right. Yeah. He he probably <laughs> if I was him, I would ask for everything under the sun while uh <laughs> like what they whatever they could offer us. Um, I mean, the match was like at the the biggest thing that stood out to me was the Cardona debut, and it just mm-hmm. it just happened to be preceded by a warhorse Cody Rhodes for the TNT title match. You know? Yeah, yeah. It. Um, I just felt like they never really got going. You know, I thought you know, I even tweeted it out. That the entrance was really cool for Warhorse. 
I don't know a lot about him, to be honest with you, but I was excited because he has a little bit of buzz behind him. And, um, you know, you compare this to what happened with Kingston last week was nowhere close to what happened with Eddie Kingston. Uh, you know, I'm not saying that he doesn't deserve an opportunity to appear again with AEW because, you know, anyone that's popular, I think they should give a try on the indie scene. Uh, but the match itself just didn't really feel like it had much momentum. You're right, BJ. It was all about the Cardona debut at the end. And that was something I wanted to talk about because I was really shocked. So I think everybody knew Matt Cardona was coming into AEW. You follow the Twitter feeds, Instagram, you know, him and Cody, they're really good friends. Um, I think Cardona introduced Brandy to Cody or something like that. Um, so they're, they're really tight. And so it was very obvious Matt Cardona was going to be coming into AEW whenever, you know, it would happen. And it happened tonight. And I'm scrolling my social media and I was just absolutely shocked that there were some people that had big problems with the signing that, oh, it's turning into Impact Wrestling or like as this is WWE light now. I'm thinking like of all of the WWE castoffs, this is one of the top ones I wanted to see in AEW. I think for you know anyone following pro wrestling, Matt Cardona has a huge following. Uh, he's very very popular. This is a guy who's years ago, but he got himself over you know with the Z True Long Island story to such a high level, and WWE dropped the ball with him so badly. But he's still really popular. Look at his podcast. Look at his YouTube channel. The guy, he sells a ton of merch. He's always one of the top sellers on pro wrestling tees. So if you're a wrestling company, of course you want that guy in your company. I mean, the, he has a very high ceiling. There's other people in WWE that, or that used to be in WWE that they have brought in, like a Jake Hager that I don't really get. I mean, Jake Hager's never done anything in AEW. Nobody really cares. I'm sorry. I know I want to rag on Jake Hager, but like, has anyone is anyone dying to see a Jake Hager feud in the coming months? I just, you know, you look at Inner Circle, that's the weak link to me. Um, if you want to complain about a WWE cast off, look at uh, the women's division tonight. And they revealed that they signed Ariane or Ariane. However, I can't even remember. She has been WWE <laughs> in years. She was on Total Divas. Mm-hmm. Was not great. They brought her in. Now, that's something I could see you complaining about, you know, with all the great female wrestlers that are out there in the indies. Um, but Matt Cardona, I don't, I don't really get why anyone would have a problem with that. That was very shocking to me. I don't know if you guys have any, any thoughts on what happened there with his debut or if you're excited about him being an AEW, what do you think, Justin? I, I would never complain about them bringing somebody in. Um, that being said, I've never been a Zack Ryder fan. I could really care less. I can't name three good Zack Ryder matches in his entire time in WWE. <laughs> Um, Is that on him or WWE? I would say both. Okay. Um, I mean, if you're not given the opportunity to have a good match, you know, like I interviewed him and and, uh, Hawkins a couple of months ago, and I asked Hawkins, so like, what are your best WWE matches? And he just flat out said, well, I mean, they give me a main event matches and I have three minutes to work. So you can't really like have a great match when you're given, you know, those circumstances. True, true. Um, I guess maybe it just comes to, I just never been a fan. Don't really care. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, but you know, having said that, uh, this, you know, could really go in the favor of AEW if they actually make him a star. And, uh, he also, he looked great. I will say that. Mm-hmm. He he, did you see the ease of which he ripped his shirt off? It was a little, I know it's like pre ripped, <laughs> Yeah. But it was a little frightening. He just snatched it off like he was a cartoon, almost with one hand. Uh, but yeah, he's yeah, he's jacked. That dude's been in the. I feel like he hasn't left the gym since WWE released him. 
And, you know, Ryan, to, to kind of piggyback off your point of like people who were complaining about AEW signing him. I mean, of when a when WWE had that kind of massive layoff, which was, you know, a big bummer a few months ago, he was up there with kind of the biggest names that were eventually going to latch on. Obviously, I think Rusev uh, is, was, I think, the biggest name at that time. Um, I mean, he he's kind of said that he doesn't want to wrestle anymore. We'll kind of see when, if the if and when that's actually true. But Zack Ryder or Cardona at that time was like, oh, he's he's easily one of the biggest names, if not the like the second or third biggest name on that list. So, and the reports have been out there for months that you know he was probably going to end up in AEW, given like you said his relationship with Cody. So it it wasn't a matter of will he go to AEW. It was just a matter of when, right? Mm-hmm. And I I didn't think he was going to go to Impact. Like it, it made sense for Hawkins or Myers or whatever he's going by over, um, over there now to kind of head over there because I, I he he did say uh, that you know their their tag team was kind of ending. Like they're still going to do the pod together, but you know it's time to go their own separate ways, and and that's dope because. Uh, you know, they had their little tag team title run, but after that, they they fizzled out hard. Um, and yeah. mm-hmm. so it's uh, I'm excited for it, especially given that, you know, he's going to have an opportunity to actually do some stuff. Um, I think WWE was they felt forced to kind of even give him the uh, when he won the Intercontinental title in that ladder match. I have, what was that? 30, 32, 32. 32. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he had that moment with his dad incredible but it's because he built up all this equity in terms of all the stuff he'd done online and people were were actively rooting for him so it almost forced wwe's hand to put him in that position but they could never do anything outside of that and it was just really frustrating well they took the belt off him the next night right yeah (laughs) yeah exactly so like you want to talk about time and and you you know time to kind of build a star or someone to you know find their lane like they just didn't do that with him they they kind of never did um that being said, it seemed like they kind of actively undermined him, to be honest with you. It was very yeah. like the way they booked that whole feud with John Cena, you know, what was going on there. Um, I don't I don't know. I just I understand a lot of people think he's kind of annoying. <laughs> I've seen that criticism, you know, like our our buddy Kyle on the podcast. He's not a huge Zack Ryder fan by any means. Um, I like him. But like, you know, again, wrestling's all about interest level. It's all about. Uh, drawing money and popularity and there's no doubt he has a big following among wrestling fans just looking at his youtube channel and his podcast so i just think it's it's a no-brainer of a signing and you you see what he can do maybe he won't take off but uh you know again wwe i don't think they have really fully capitalized on this guy he this is a guy who when they were in new york one time the rock was out there and they were chanting we want Ryder." That's right. how over he was. They were interrupting a rock promo for him. So there's no <laughs> doubt. I mean, he got he got really over. So, you know, we'll, we'll see. But I'm excited. I'm excited to see what he can do kind of as, as a free agent with, uh, you know, a fresh start here. I think yeah, he also anything, it gives it gives AEW just like a, a notable name to have in that mid card area. Like it, it gives somebody else other than like Cody to kind of live there. Um, I, I don't foresee him ever challenging for the AEW title or being in a main event spot, but at least he's an, a, a sizable name that they can put on a dynamite or on a random dark episode and people will be attracted to it. So in that sense, it's, it's a solid signing and then it gives them a chance to just kind of refresh his character. I just really hope that he doesn't do like the like Jersey shore kind of character that he was doing in WWE where he can be a little bit more of like himself um, and not just like a comical like element of himself. So um 
we'll see where he goes from there. Uh, I, I think AEW has done a pretty good job with, with the WWE signings that they brought in outside of maybe Matt Hardy, who seems a little lost there. He just like reappeared tonight, but I totally forgot for a while there that Matt Hardy was still in AEW because he just hasn't had a consistent role there. He's, at one point, he was a valet for private party, and now he's just feuding with Sammy Guevara again. So um, I'll, I'll be interested to see what they can do with, with Zack Ryder or Matt Cordona, sorry, uh, in that mid-card spot. I mean, I'm interested in a... Uh, I, I feel like it's heading towards a him and Cody feud. If it doesn't, I think he's single-handedly going to increase uh, the sales for AEW action figures, just like he did for WWE action figures. Because yeah. he, him and Hawkins, their pod... I, like, I used to be a big WWE wrestling figure guy when I was a kid, you know, and I didn't have any money, and you just had to ask your mom for it. Uh, their podcast single-handedly brought me back into, like, looking for action figures like I'm a freaking child again. So yeah. <laughs> to say that he doesn't have any pull... Or that he, you know, he wouldn't be good for AEW or just wrestling in general uh, is is it's a little short sighted and uh, just kind of not looking at the, at the bigger picture there. So I, I'd really do hope that they find something for him to uh, to sink his teeth into. I like the idea of a Cody feud though because I feel like, and we've talked about this on the pod. Like a part of me likes what they're doing with Cody and having the the weekly challenge, but I really think Cody thrives when he has like a. a juicy feud to sink his teeth into and he can have promos and he can tell a story in the ring. And I think that's, I think if they're able to do that with, with Matt, I think that'd be the best opportunity for Cody to continue to like elevate this TNT title, which is still, still in its infancy. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, another thing I wanted to touch on for the show was, uh, the 10 man tag was, uh, it was a very confusing way to start the show. Um, like literally because it, they kind of came out the gate super hot, a lot of high spots, and then it kind of just tapered off and ended with Matt Hardy for some reason getting involved. And and now next week, it seems like they're going to do it again, but with 12 people. Like I just feel like they're eventually just going to have some sort of 15 on 15 Royal Rumble tag team match. Like it's It seems to be escalating to that point. It's just super weird. Um, Jenna, you, you, you thought it was a little, a little hectic. Uh, to, mm-hmm. to start the show. What, what were your thoughts? At some point when you have this many people like in a match, especially when it's a, it's supposed to be a, a, a 10 man tag match it ended up being like a 10 man tornado tag. Like there was just no rules whatsoever going through right. like most of this. Uh, it just becomes a little chaotic and there's really like nothing, like there's no story being told or anything like that. So for me, it, it was just a little bit uh, chaotic and it, it like washed over me and at one point i just completely lost track of what was actually happening or who was in the match and luchasaurus lost his mask at some point and then like it just went off the rails a little bit too quickly for me um the eight-man tag match that they had uh last week or the couple weeks before was incredible and then this one just seemed like it, it just didn't have that kind of thunder that the other ones did well you know how you fix that you add two more people into the mix <laughs> and uh <laughs> or you just have yeah. the elite in it and then you just let the bucks do crazy shit Right. Yeah, yeah. That that makes sense. Talking about how uh, chaotic that match was, that that did seem to be kind of a thread for the night between that and how messy that match was. Uh, And then you had the FTR contract signing where they have special tag rules put into their contract. And uh, and it's definitely not a good thing, but Jim Ross really seemed to be whining about uh, refereeing and and controlling matches tonight a lot more than usual. So I don't know if maybe they're actually building a storyline with that or if I just 
caught it more than usual. Yeah, the FTR yeah, overbooked is a is a good term for this show. Like it got a little too <laughs> complex. Yeah. Yeah. Go the, ahead, BJ. the FTR signing, I thought, I mean, it, it was interesting in that because I think they were building off of the the Twitter interaction, right? In that Tony Khan said something about how they weren't ranked because they weren't officially signed. And they, they kind of had this back and forth on Twitter so that they were just kind of, you know, putting a bow on that segment. Uh, th- what is it? What's happening on August 12th? The tag team special that's hosted by FTR or something like that. There's yeah, like some yeah. tag team appreciation. Tag team appreciation night. <laughs> that I mean, th- that <laughs> definitely sounds like something that they would ask for just even off camera. Because <laughs> like yeah. those, those guys love tag team wrestling more than I think they love wrestling. So it, it just kind of, it was a very on brand request where I was like, yeah, that that kind of makes sense. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's uh there was that the highlight of the show for me was uh, MJF's promo calling out John Moxley basically for the world heavyweight title. Um, and you know we've Jeremy and I've talked a lot about this in in that MJF is like the future of not only AEW just kind of professional wrestling as a whole. Like that guy, that guy can go on the mic. Like I, I, I saw him looking down a couple of times at probably what he had were, I don't know, maybe notes, like, like points that he was going to cover. But like, he doesn't stutter when he cuts promos. It's crazy to me. Like even I'll, I'll go back now and watch, um, you know, some stone cold promos, some rock promos. And there's times where they get flustered. Because right, the live mic kind of eats them up a little bit, just just for a second, and you maybe you didn't catch it as a kid, but now you you catch it. To watch MJF work on the mic and for him to call out Mox the way that he did was like in a in a show that was more or less a a meh. Like that was that really really stood out for me. Yeah, yeah, he really just has kind of this flow when he talks. I thought the same thing watching him tonight. How I mean, he was so high energy and talking very very quickly and never once stuttered. And we all know from doing a podcast, you know, how hard that is. I trip over myself all the time, every single week doing a podcast. So to go out there on live television and to never stumble over yourself, it's incredibly impressive. Uh, you're right. I mean, he hits out of the park every time he's on the microphone. He is, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this feud. Uh, this is something that they were starting to build towards coming out of Revolution. You know, when he defeated Cody and then they kind of put that on the back burner, I think because of what was going on with no crowds, which, you know, is going to be going on still for a while, I yep. think. So that, <laughs> I guess they kind of decided, let's do it anyways. So uh, we got this coming for all out, it looks like. And I mean, I'm pumped about it. I, I think the guy does awesome work. And uh, yeah, if you look at microphone work in this company, I don't think there's anyone better than uh, MJF. Yeah, it'll be great to see him go blow for blow with, with Mox because Mox is great on the mic too, but Mo- it's different styles. Uh, what did you guys feel? How did you guys feel about like the little barbs that he was dropping at WWE where he was dropping like uh, certain little Easter eggs about like the company in itself? It felt a little like cheap to me in a way. Um, like I felt like he could do better than that. And I felt like it was just like AEW, like, oh, we got to throw in WWE barbs here because it's a former WWE guy. Um, but other than that, uh, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, I like the setup of it being like a presidential address. Like, I thought that was cool, but I could have done without the little WWE barbs there. We all know that Mox was in the WWE. I don't need to be reminded about it every like five seconds. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you, Jeremy. Um, he's obviously a great talker. He is great at stringing words together. Uh, he can definitely bring the emotion. 
I, I didn't really get what his message was tonight other than I challenge you Moxley. I mean, he was blaming him for stuff that Moxley has nothing to do with. It's just, I, I guess the message didn't quite match the passion uh, as far as I'm concerned. Not, not to say it was bad. I just maybe wasn't quite as high on it as other people. Yeah, it seemed like he was going a the old guard versus new guard direction was, you know, in the in the words that were kind of I was catching uh, that that seemed to be the direction he was going in. And, and, and I think he was taking kind of the WWE aspect of it um, and the AEW aspect of it, uh, you know, into consideration as well. So it's um, I mean, I'm I'm just excited. He's finally getting his shot because uh, you're or Ryan. You're right. Like after his match with Cody, MJF's like momentum slowed pretty significantly for reasons I don't fully understand. I I mean, there was a while where he was off TV, if I'm remembering this correctly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, it looked like, and on Twitter, it looked like he was dealing with some stuff probably behind the scenes. Um, so, you know, I don't want to speculate too much on that, but I think that may have slowed it down a little bit. But, you know, to kind of see him bounce back because he, he was kind of in, kind of in like, no man's land he was in like no man's land because he was yeah he was in like a little mini feud with like jurassic express right and wardlow and then they were teasing a split between him and wardlow which i thought that's where they were going to go for all out because it looked like they were going to do mox and brian cage and darby allen for the title at all out and i thought okay so you'll put mjf and have the split with wardlow and then and then we'll move on from there for them to just kind of shift gears and give mjf the shot was a little interesting to me just felt a little, uh, it felt kind of like out of left field because this was not like where they were going for the last few weeks. Right. Yeah. I mean, it feels very, uh, it feels very how much they're, or how they're dealing, or how WWE, I should say, is dealing with Drew's, uh, his title run so far. They, they, they've just kind of been throwing him title contenders <laughs> and no like <laughs> long term story. Yeah. Uh, except for Dolph Ziggler, I guess, who had, he had back to back matches with. Um, yeah. So, I am glad that they'll have some time to kind of build on on this MJF Mox thing. And when is all out? Is it September? It's like the first weekend of September, I think. Yeah. So they they have yeah. some, I mean, there that's some time to build a feud, right? That that is yeah. multiple weeks. I'm sure MJF is gonna take a shot at Renee Young at some point. You know, like he's gonna make it real, real personal. Uh and then Mox will do his uh his angry pacing. As he as he as he cuts a promo back to him, but I, I am looking forward to how that you know this match is is going to shake out. I kind of hope that there's a stipulation. I don't know. I'm just kind of I'm just kind of ready for uh, for something else. Maybe a cage. I just I just want to. Well, I feel like I feel like Mox's matches are always no DQ. Yeah, like it's like it seems yeah. like that's the thing in AEW. Like every time he wrestles, it ends up being no DQ, even though if they even though they don't say it's no DQ. Like, I don't remember them ever saying that Mox versus Brian Cage was no DQ'd. I don't know if I missed that, but I don't remember them ever saying that. And they just ended up being a no DQ match. Maybe maybe it's outside. in a, it's probably in Mox's contract that we didn't see when he signed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was his FTR version of that. Um, so, I mean, uh, yeah, very, very excited for this to build to, to All Out. Um, and again, this is, is this like the first long-term feud they've had for the title for the for the the world title over there i mean there's no. obviously jericho jericho and mox was yeah jericho pretty and mox long. Was pretty long uh they were doing a feud with cody and, and jericho for a while there as well sure 
Yeah. Um, title. So like every, it seemed like every time that Jericho had an opponent, they had a, a pretty sizable feud. Um, mm. And the fact that they don't have a ton of pay-per-views kind of lends itself to allowing them to have a month to two months to, to build to something. So um, this is going to, I think this is going to be the longest one for Mox, but definitely they've had long-term feuds for the title. Okay. All right. Well, I'm into that. All right, guys. Well, this has been a really fun discussion so far. We're not done yet, but before we go any further, we do have to throw a shout out to our good friends over at Bet Online and our brand new sponsors over at Deal Dash. Have you ever heard of DealDash.com? It's the best, most honest bidding site where you can win things you'd never expect at a price that you would never believe. They have over 1,000 auctions every day on electronics, appliances, beauty products, home decor, and even cars. Here's how it works. It's like an auction, but every item starts at $0 and it only goes up one cent every time you bid. The kicker is that auction clock restarts after just 10 seconds. That means every time you bid, everyone else has 10 seconds to answer or the item is yours. If you go ahead and buy now, DealDash.com is offering our listeners an extra 100 free bids upon sign up on top of their other discounts. Go to DealDash.com and use the offer code TOPROPE or DealDash.fm slash TOPROPE. That's D-E-A-L-D-A-S-H dot F-M slash top rope. Sports are coming back, and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. Major League Baseball finally kicked off this past week, and there's no better place to start wagering than our exclusive partners, Bet Online. Check out all the odds, futures, and props to bet on, all available 24-7. And with the return of sports, Bet Online sat down with former pro players Eddie George, Harold Reynolds, and seven-time NBA champ Robert Ory. See what they had to say on what it'll be like playing without fans in a series they're calling Fandemic. Visit BetOnline.ag for all your odds and up-to-date sports news. Remember to use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code Blue Wire. Bet online, your online wagering experts. So I want to shift gears here just real quick uh, to, to actually the other side of the uh, the Wednesday Night Wars because your boy Adam Cole got himself into a little bit of a uh, of a feud, if you will, with one-time great punter, Pat McAfee, a uh, big-time <laughs> wrestling fan, also on WWE Network sometimes for some reason. He, uh, for, for the uninitiated or for those who didn't see, Cole went on Pat McAfee's, I always say his name wrong, uh, was it, it is his, it's his podcast, right? That's it's like where a show that's a, a show podcast, slash pod. It's also on like audience TV or whatever. It's similar to like what the Rich Eisen show is. Sure. Yeah. And yeah. uh, he uh, basically they got into like this clearly staged fight. Although I think what threw people off was Cole just dropping dropping f bombs like <laughs> like it was nothing, uh, and it was it was freaking fantastic. And then it was just cemented tonight that it indeed was a work because they recapped it on NXT. What did did you guys were the, are there any of you? Who thought for a second that this wasn't a work? Because there are there are people out there 
who thought it was real. And I just want to see there are four people here. I didn't think it was a. I th- I knew it was a work. What what did everyone else Wait, think? Are you trying to insinuate pro wrestling isn't real? I'm not, I'm, 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 not not ru- I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to ruin. Justin Joint has now left the Zoom session. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I am not trying to ruin anyone's day um, on Two Jabronis or Top Rope Nation. So if if you were under the impression that wrestling was real, it is. <laughs> uh, so that being said, man, this is a. Uh, I, 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 I have some thoughts, but let, let's keep going around. Justin clearly is. Uh, I, I might have ruined his night, so I apologize. But uh, Ryan, uh, no, I mean. I knew it was a work right away, but I thought it was a really well done work. I could see how it could fool people, probably because of the F-bombs and the reaction mm-hmm. on the McAfee. It seemed very natural. Uh, there was a lot of people in the comments uh, of the video that I first saw on Twitter. They were like, wait, is this real? So a lot of people did think so. Um, there was comments back to those people like, oh, that's cute kind of thing. <laughs> like, you know, he thought, thought it was legit. But like, I think they fooled a lot of people. I, you know, all of us follow the business very, very closely. So we weren't fooled, but I think a lot of people really were, which tells you they did a, a really good job. So I do think there's going to be some interest in this, some maybe mainstream interest, certainly from McAfee's listeners. So I think it's it's going to accomplish what they're looking to do. I, I don't. I just don't know what they're trying to do here with this. Like I don't. Yeah. Like I don't. Are, are they going to have a match? Like are we going to really watch a Adam Cole versus Pat McAfee match? Like I just. I don't understand what the goal here is. Um, this really doesn't do anything for me for Adam Cole. Like, great, he's over. Like, he's moved over to Pat McAfee's crowd. But, like, what is his crowd? You know what I mean? So, um, I'm just a little confused as to what the end game is. Do you yeah, think? I think WWE is always trying to get that mainstream sports rub. That's, That's yeah. just what they're doing. Yeah. I mean, but, like, is he mainstream? Like, Pat, Ma- I don't, Pat I don't McAfee? <laughs> Did, have you not seen him punt? Dude's got a hell of a leg, my friend. He hasn't been in the in the NFL for like five years, though. Like, look, he's... look, man. I know that the four of us look at Randy Orton's punts and we're like, "Damn, he really kicked that dude in the head." For years, <laughs> Pat McAfee was pinning people within the twenty yard line. Uh, no, I don't know. Uh, I think. Well, my assumption w- was this is kind of like some long play, and maybe I'm reaching here, but. I think what the so Cole has dropped the title, right? And he doesn't seem to be entering the NXT title picture again anytime soon because they've kind of moved moved to Karrion Cross already. So if this is a long play for him to jump into the mainstream and then probably move to SmackDown on Fox, there's already people who kind of have seen him in a more mainstream sports avenue. And so I think eventually I mean this is under the assumption that NX or sorry, the undisputed that, era is moving over. If that's like over. the goal, like it doesn't seem necessary. He's already had great matches on SmackDown. He was part of like a main storyline on SmackDown and on Raw last year. Like he should be no like noticeable to a casual wrestling fan. But it might be maybe it's need Pat McAfee to like elevate. Him should it, like, it might be for outside, right? Like outside of wrestling fans. So like when they start running these promos on NFL on Sundays. Right, if the season happens, dear God, um, you can have Adam Cole on there, and this, there'll be there'll be some jackasses sitting on their couch and be like, "Hey, that's the guy who cussed out Pat McAfee on his podcast show and shoved a production assistant." I don't know. I, I said it could be reaching, so uh, that's a that's a sizable reach that you're, <laughs> that you're hey, going for right now. This is, I, I think it's just going to be a tool for turning him babyface uh, for you know any huge wrestling fans who 
could give, you know, a shit less about Pat McAfee. They're going to take Adam Cole's side on this. And, and, and it was kind of a, a fiery baby face promo, you know, defending mm-hmm. his honor that he did. Uh, and then on tonight, uh, Kyle O'Reilly kind of gave a baby face promo to his fellow undisputed era guys. Uh, so I think it's either going to be just straight up Adam Cole baby face turn or maybe something to do use to break up undisputed because that was what the whole thing was about that, uh, which was what was funny that people thought it was, you know, real was that he, all the Pat McAfee was saying was like undisputed helped you win matches and you're small. And I was like, mm-hmm. that was it, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's what I think it's going to be. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. I like that. I think that um, this kind of involvement with kind of a mainstream sports personality makes me feel a little bit better about uh, Adam Cole's prospects on the main roster because I'm not going to lie. I've been a little nervous about what's going to happen to him when he comes up to the main roster because of his size, which, you know, they use in the story. Uh, And also because I don't know when a full WWE audience live, a live audience is going to be there again and i think the the ace in his pocket is that when adam cole comes out the fans love him that entrance is you know he gets a huge pop Mm -hmm. without that audience he's not going to seem as big of a deal so if they do call him up to smackdown where when they're in the performance center the odds of vince burying burying him are far greater (laughs) i think you know so if if they're putting him into this position to work this mainstream angle i feel a little bit better about his prospects. And I think it can only help uh, when he gets to the main roster that he'll be used in a meaningful way. So it, it, it does make me feel better about him moving forward. Cause I've been worried about that. We've talked about it on top of nation before, you know, mm-hmm. I've been worried about that. Um, anytime he's, he's gone up, you notice immediately when he's next to the main roster guys, how much smaller Adam Cole is. And we know Vince McMahon, we know what he thinks about that kind of thing. So, uh, I think it just helps all, all around and uh, makes me a little bit more confident he'll have some success, hopefully. Do you think Undisputed Era goes up with him if and when he moves to SmackDown or Raw or wherever he goes? We've talked about this, and correct me if I'm wrong, Justin. Kyle has said he doesn't think so uh, because he doesn't think the other guys will get used on the main roster. Is, is that what Kyle said? I, it's more about how he goes up whether it be yeah. heel or baby face if he goes up baby face it's probably going to include a breakup of undisputed era henceforth mm-hmm. uh, you're not going to want him to go up with a group mm-hmm. but if he's heel and with his size especially vince you're going to want a bunch of guys around him who can help him win matches yeah i think it would be it make the most sense to do it with the undisputed era um but if i were to bet on it right now i would think maybe he would go up eventually on his own um, I think maybe Vince doesn't see as high of a ceiling for some of the other guys in the group, but I think collectively it would help out altogether. Just bring up the group as a whole. If I was doing it, I'd bring up the group. Does, um, does Adam Cole, group. does Adam Cole as a, as a baby face on the main roster excite you guys? Doesn't like, I'm not like really like overly excited about thinking of the prospect of Adam Cole as like a white meat baby face on a main roster. Yeah. I mean, he, he uh, kind of has been, baby face so if you look at his matches especially the ones with gargano he wrestles a baby face style uh outside of like the undisputed era occasion to come in to help him mm-hmm. you know he, he gets a crowd reaction like he's a baby face so i mean he's really almost already there yeah i think he's always going to be kind of that tweener kind of face where he's not like a full-on you guys want to see me kick this guy's ass kind of thing you know yeah. like he'll be the cool 
kind of heelish guy that people cheer because they think he's cool. I mean, I don't, I don't know that he'll ever be the the pure, like you said, white meat baby face. Yeah, I just I look at him more of like that smug asshole kind of like yeah people, um, that I enjoy because I, I I just feel like he portrays that a little bit better. Um, but yeah, him as a baby face in the promos that they might write for him, I, I'm just not like overly excited about that prospect. Uh, for some reason, I immediately think of like Seth Rollins trying to like deliver a babyface promo, and it really like gives me the shivers. Like I just yeah. don't like that at all. So <laughs> I think um, the odds of that are higher if he came up on his own. To be honest with you, if he comes up all by himself, the odds that they're gonna like write promos like that for him are much higher. So in that regard, we should probably hope for the whole group to come up. I mean, they'd be face if they got called up pretty soon because the whole crowd is NXT people, right? Mm-hmm. Like, um, I mean, they can hide it and do all the fake reactions that they want. They, they would they would cheer for them because those are their guys. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting if and when they do that. And I think this is the sign, like the final stand that they are going to do it. That was just that's just what I took away from it, especially kind of Triple H going doubling down essentially going on Pat's show. And being like, hey, come to NXT. Uh, so it's uh, it'll be. I'm not excited to see Pat McAfee on NXT necessarily, but uh, I, I am kind of excited about the prospect of the undisputed era. As you can see, I, uh, they were the only clean shirt I had today. Uh, <laughs> uh, getting called up to uh, to Raw and or SmackDown. So it'll be it'll be it'll be super super dope. Um, another thing that happened on NXT tonight, which was. A little bit of a surprise. There was a triple threat match to determine it's who's going into the ladder match, right, for the North American yeah, the, title. Well, the qualification matches for the ladder match at NXT uh, Takeover Thirty, right? So, and the the winner uh, of the match was a uh, Dexter Loomis defeating Finn Balor and Timothy Thatcher. A little bit of surprise. I kind of had Finn penciled in into that match at Takeover already. Uh, we haven't talked a lot of Dexter Loomis. To be honest, on on two jabronis, we talked a lot about his skin and how like it just looks always sunburned and like it just does it. <laughs> it looks like leather, like just yeah, it doesn't look great at all. But also uh, has a really good haircut, really nice fade, always really <laughs> tight. I feel like Justin, he's just uh, how's his sweating? <laughs> That's something we talk about. Is, is he have, a good I sweater? Been, I haven't been impressed yet. I haven't been impressed yet. <laughs> I had to throw that out there. He's got like that Brock Lesnar, like red skin all the time. So yeah, we haven't talked much about like his actual in-ring work or anything that he's done within NXT. Um, but he was in the storyline with, with undisputed and Velveteen. So, I mean, he's been in a, in a top line storyline within NXT, but so. mostly just Roddy, right? Like he was stalking Roddy for some reason. He was just like that. Or he would like pop out from under the ring. Yeah. Um, so, but like they were pushing Timothy Thatcher pretty hard. I mean, obviously he beat Riddle in his in his farewell match. And um, I mean, if if anybody of the three, like Loomis was the least likely to actually go through, and for him to be in that that title match now at, at Takeover is pretty stunning to me. I mean, he's in there with what Bronson Reed and anybody else in that match yet? No, there's only two so far, right? Correct. So yeah, I I, so, I mean, I, interested to see who they fill it out with. I'm all. What, also, what are they doing with Finn Balor? What is what is the what's the plan with Finn? You guys saving him for Walter. Oh right. Interesting. So is that? Do you think Walter's on his way back because his boys just got attacked by undisputed era tonight? Is that is that the sign that he's stamping the passport, flying on over? I don't know. I 
I hope so. If it's possible, <laughs> if he can get here, well, I think I think he can get in. We just no one can get out, right? I think, <laughs> yeah, I think people can, can't, can't leave. No one wants us to go anywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no one wants any Americans. Or we should been in America to go anywhere. We should wave Walter right in, and then <laughs> you know he might have to stay here for like two years. <laughs> I have to buy him a house. Yeah. Hey, Vince, <laughs> Vince, open the checkbook, buy Walter a house because I want to see this freaking Finn Balor Walter match that uh, that they they teased us with. And especially nobody wants anyone that's been in Florida going to other countries, right? So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> bit of a challenge there. Every, everyone in Florida is, I feel like, they're stuck. Well, no, the people are, are actually traveling. Jesus, we're so screwed. <laughs> we're so screwed, you guys. Uh, I want to end this on. I want to end this this collab I'll show on, on a little bit more of a positive note, uh, and not on. COVID-19 preventing us from getting Walter <laughs> into the country. Uh, Kyrie Sane wrestled, or not even wrestled her last match, but she appeared on her last WWE segment, at least for the foreseeable future. It seems like her you know, her contract has ended. Uh, looks like she's on her way back to Japan. Um, and, and they sent her off in a, it was a pretty interesting way. It was pretty heartbreaking. Uh, you know, her calling out for Asuka at the end of that Raw Women's Championship match. Uh, you guys, Kyrie Sane is, is is headed out. Do do we have any uh, thoughts, favorite moments of of Kyrie Sane's run in WWE? Well, Every single def- elbow drop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's definitely her NXT run and her feud with Shayna Baszler is about as as good as it gets. Um, I'm glad to hear that it seems to be amicable and her reasons seem to be uh, on a really positive note. So, um. I hope to see her back someday. Hopefully once this stupid thing goes away. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it's that first May Young classic. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I enjoyed her, her initial run and everything that she did in NXT, obviously in, on the main roster, she didn't get the push that she probably deserved. Um, so it is kind of what it is. And sad to see her go. Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's anyone that said a bad word about her. I mean, mm-hmm. she's a great wrestler, was a great signing. It was fun to to see her there. I, you know, before she ever came to WWE, I would see the gifts on Twitter of her elbow drop and think, my God, it's like one of the top five elbow drops I've ever seen. And yeah, yeah, I think I think uh, Justin hit it on the head with what happened with Shayna for sure is probably the highlight. And uh, yeah, it makes sense why she's leaving. And you know, hopefully we'll we'll get to see her again. But uh, can't fault her for wanting to go back to her home country. So, yeah, I mean, it was really encouraging to see WWE even put out basically like a press release on WWE.com about her leaving. Um, and just to like there, I can count on one hand, the amount of departures that they've had recently where it's kind of been like an amicable thing <laughs> and that they've sent that person off so positively, obviously storyline wise, they wrote her off in probably one of the most heartbreaking ways I've seen in a while. Like her again, her calling out for Asuka in the middle of that match. Like I felt that to my soul. And maybe it's just because maybe I'm getting soft in my old age and I have a kid now. And if you're like, oh, you hear your kid crying, you, you got to run. You got to go. Um, not to say that she's Asuka's child, but uh, it, it was it just had that feel to it where I was like, man, that's, that's a hell of a way to go out. Um, and, and you knew that they were, they were, I thought, I thought the way that they were going to write her off was going to be done in a worse way. So I'll, I'll, I'll take that. You know, there was, there was some reason to it and it pushed forward, um, 
it looks like Asuka's going to be, uh, it looked like she went crazy on Monday, which is great. Um, hopefully kind of shifts her character a little bit. But um, I also, one other Kyrie moment that sticks out is, do you remember when Carmella won the 24-7 title? I hate to lead a story with like a 24-7 title thing. But when she was running through the crowd, Kyrie was one of the people chasing her. And she had her telescope out the whole time <laughs> as she was running, which yes. logically makes absolutely zero sense and is probably very dangerous. But it was uh, it was just a little note. It, that I don't think anyone even acknowledged it, but it was it was so fantastic. But uh, you know, to echo all your guys' points, you know, best of luck to Kyrie Sane. Um, you know, she travels back to Japan, and hopefully, we see her soon. It looks like that that is you know that door is open uh, for a return. Hopefully, somewhere down the line. I, I think I read somewhere. I don't know if you guys saw this too. That like she was planning to just get in like another year of wrestling in Japan and then maybe call it a career. Right. And yeah. I think, I think she's relatively young too. So that was a bit of a surprise, but man, this, I, I mean, I get it. There's only, only a certain amount of bumps that you can take before uh, you're like, is this, is this really, really worth it being away from my family and all this other stuff? So I, uh, I totally get that. Um, man, just so you know, you know, I want to have your back on that fatherhood, you know, maybe making a soft, I cried at uh, a Muppet Christmas Carol after I had my kids. So I'm right there with you. <laughs> Did you watch I this cried movie? like a baby watching Onward with my son? My son was sitting <laughs> oh, in my lap and he man. looked back at me and he's like, "Are you okay?" I was like, "No, I'm not okay." Oh, I teared up in that one too. Onward, on, they <laughs> need to have a. One, they should have had a warning points. before Onward. I was yes. no one. My wife was a wreck. I looked over, like trying to hold myself together, and she was like, "There needs to be like a warning at the beginning of that movie. Like, if this is not what you think is going <laughs> yes. to, you know, it looks like it's just this. Oh, this elf movie. Uh, no, it's." Uh, I also <laughs> called my brother after we got out of the theater. I was like, "I love you." He's like, "I love you too." Like, <laughs> oh man, that's that's how you end the show talking yes. about onward and I, we just lost a lot of subscribers. <laughs> you guys. Um, but man, this is so. We have we have four social social media things to plug here because we got four of us. This is the fatal four way show of the two jabronis with the wrestling podcast X uh, top rope nation collabo episode. So let's throw I'll throw it to the other side of the aisle. Top rope nation guys, where can we find everything you're doing on social? Where can we subscribe to the show? Hit us with all that. First of all, Justin, where can they find you? At Justin Joint, <laughs> he thinks he's not on Twitter very often, but you can find him at Justin Joint. Uh, our show is at Top Robe Nation. We're on Instagram, Facebook as well. I am at Ryan Drosty. That's D R O S T E. We'll have a new show out on our feed uh, on Monday morning as well. Also, I do want to mention I did I recorded a podcast last night with uh, our friend Zach Haydorn of PW Torch. Uh, we did a two-episode look back at Steve Austin's 1999 pay-per-view run. We broke down every single one of his pay-per-view matches from that year. Oh, hello. Went back and rewatched them. It was a ton of fun. Really good podcast. That's going to be in the PW Torch VIP section with Zach's uh, On the Canvas show here in the coming days. So uh, check that out if you are so inclined. That sounds awesome. That sounds uh, you can incredible. follow me at Jeremy A. Loss. Uh, you can follow me for all my... I, Flaming hot San Diego Padres takes that I'm going to be firing out the season because <laughs> they look like a good team finally. Um, and you can follow us um, at Two Jabronis with Wrestling Podcast on YouTube. Please subscribe. 
and hit the like button because we really want to go after Chris Van Vliet's belt because I, I want it on my wall because it's gorgeous. Um, and then you can follow us at 2 Pod on Instagram and on Twitter. Uh, yeah, you can follow me. I forgot if you plug me or not, Jay. I, you usually do. So I'm like, uh, but I, I did not plug you. That's go okay. Plug it. Yeah. <laughs> you guys, by the way. Jeremy's going to betray me. This is not the first time this month. Uh, you can follow me at Cruise Control. That's Control with a K. Don't forget to subscribe to the show wherever you download your podcasts. Uh, if you're one of our fantastic Apple Podcast users, please, please, please rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts. And if you're feeling spicy, as always, leave a review. Spotify, hit us with that follow. And again, people, only one or five star reviews. That's all we want. None of this two, three star bullshit Pick a lane. You either hate us or you love us. That's the that's. I, I have that. I have that one star review framed on my wall. Yeah, me too. I blew it I up. I love it. Yeah, it's like um, the, I blew up to well, like also, it is your birthday <laughs> size, like the Dwight Dwight Schrute size. It's yeah, in my room. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just going across my my bedroom wall. Uh, we'll also be back on Friday with a new episode. We we missed last Friday because Ben <laughs> apparently just forgot about it, we and we didn't for, get a yeah. chance to talk about Extreme Rules. So I apologize on his behalf. Um, I plucked out my fault. eye. Uh, <laughs> as as penance for that, so uh, I put it back in because I need it. But you know, it was it was an eye for an eye for missing missing the show. So I I wholeheartedly apologize, you guys. This was a lot of fun, man. This was a yeah. this was a great collabo episode, and this was a last minute idea, but it I think it turned out pretty well. We we got to do this. We got to keep doing this. We got to do a watch along episode. Oh yeah, the one for for Nitro when uh, <laughs> the Outsiders showed up. Oh yeah, I want to do another one. Nice. It was, I'd be down. It was enjoyable. It was a shit show because, I mean, <laughs> Nitro was just completely overbooked, but I enjoyed uh, talking about it for two hours. So, yeah, let's do yeah. a watch along. And you guys, I'm going to make I, a sh- I, I'm make a shirt, by the way. You know those shirts that depict all the great matches? I'm going to do it for this podcast. So, what is the date today? <laughs> it is, uh, I was thinking we, got, we should have, like, the cartoons of us doing the old Mega Powers, like, slow shake. With oh, yeah. The Mega Potters or something, turn it into a t-shirt. Oh yeah, That'd be pretty cool. Shout out Blue Wire. We're making a Mega Potters. There t-shirt. you go. And we're gonna... No, I got to throw a shout out to you guys too because the most recent review that Top Rope Nation has had on Apple, the person mentioned that they heard of us through the Two Jabronis podcast. So thank you. There it is for bringing us new listeners. There, there you is. go. The crossover works. Blue Wire synergy. <laughs> it worked ahead of time. Yeah. It worked before because you came on the show and you were awesome. Uh, you covered for. I think you covered for each of us. <laughs> like yeah, there, I did. There were I, yeah, shows where we just couldn't do, like one of us couldn't do it, so you hopped in. Uh, but I'm glad that we're uh, we're doing that. Top Rope Nation, you guys can uh, you guys can listen to us after you listen to them. So uh, feel free to uh, you know subscribe, like all that good stuff. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you all so much for for listening. Uh, two Jabroni listeners, uh, thanks thanks for uh, hopping on. Top Rope Nation people, great to uh, have be in your iPhones or Androids (laughs) as always so until next time we will catch you all later peace nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 
5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Rootmetrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.